This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. Now here's a word from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Successful businesses are the sum of their parts. That's why we often say that Schedulicity owes everything to one stylist, one esthetician, one barber, one yoga instructor. As each one of them has grown their business, our scheduling platform has grown with them. We're pledging now to give more than $250,000 to service providers. It will go straight to the pockets of the people we love most, the ones who built us and who we're all looking forward to seeing again soon. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. day off my name is Corey, and of course i'm sitting with my best friend tony tony what's up buddy what's happening brother how you doing how are you doing so uh i think we can let the cat out of the bag for all of our listeners we've uh, we've been off the air for a couple of weeks just because uh, tony's uh house got infected and uh tony's been fighting the big cove so uh, today's the first day we're back at it and, and we have a pretty special guest uh to to welcome you back to uh to the podcast yeah it's the the guest today is it's probably one of our like originals to where you and I were like, you know what? I think this is going to happen. This is going to work. You know yeah. what I mean? We've been a fan of hers for a long time. And then being able to get her on the first time on the podcast was pretty exciting. It's pretty, that was pretty exciting. It's very exciting to have her back for a second time. Um, she was definitely on our dream list. Like when we sat down and we're like, who do we want to have on the podcast? You know, she was definitely like, man, if we could get her, we would be really be saying something like, you know, so we did that. And honestly, we did it in our first year. Um, our yeah. today's guest was our very, very last podcast released in 2018. So that was our, that was our inaugural year. And she was the very last podcast of that season. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we save the best for last. Save the best for last. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. So, so uh, today our guest is Larissa Love. Um, everybody knows Larissa Love. If you don't, you better go follow her now. Um, Larissa Doll, I think, is her Instagram handle. Um, but um, yeah, man, I'm pretty pretty excited to talk to her. We uh, we first met her. It was October of 2018. The first time we talked to her was actually October, but we released it in, in December. Um, we met we met her once again at the at the event that we keep talking about, and that was the Modern Salon Digital Summit. I actually think, if I remember correctly, I don't think Larissa was invited to that event. I think she just crashed that event, and uh, she just kind of showed up there. Um, I think she was there with a. Did, I think was she with Olivia? I think she was with Olivia that weekend. But a big uh, group of them. It was a big group of them, but right. So, uh, so uh, again, uh, last time Larissa was in, she wasn't even planning on being there. We weren't. Even, she wasn't even on our schedule to kind of talk to. But when she got there, I was like, Larissa, come sit down with us. And she was uh, she was gracious enough to uh, to give us an hour. And then we uh, and then we partied like it was nineteen ninety nine over at the uh, what, what was that building? It was right after we talked to Larissa. The Hinkle building? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was right after we went from there. We were late actually. Uh, everybody else was there, and we got there and. Uh, 
you know, we got our hamburgers and we moved on. But uh, but yeah, that was, we, we had fun talking to Larissa and she was just very uh, gracious to uh, to jump on with us without having it planned. So Larissa, thank you very much. So um, yeah, man, today we're just going to catch up with her, see what she's been up to. Um, we certainly know how COVID has affected California and I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of that and I'm sure we'll get a little bit of, uh, you know, what she's been up to. And and, and uh, I also kind of want to talk about the love of her life and, uh, and uh, you know, explore that a little bit because she certainly, uh, she certainly uh, is, is proud of it, talked a lot about it on Instagram. So what do you say, Tom? Bring her in, baby. Let's do it. So, Miss Larissa Love, welcome back to Get Me Off. Yeah, it's been a while, man. You're right. I am like one of the OGs from the beginning with you guys. I feel like this was, what, two, three years ago now? That yeah. That- spoke and it's, yeah, I think I did crash that event, which I do all the time. I'm just like, hey, I'm going to show up. If it's a hair party, I'm there. <laughs> well, I'm in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? And it was good times. I'm a little like Tony and I. We've talked, we've talked about it on the podcast a couple of times. I'm a little bitter that Modern Salon hasn't done it again because every time we talked to somebody that was there that weekend, they were just like, "Man, that was a really cool weekend. I wish they would do it a again." Great networking weekend. Oh my gosh, we met so many people that that weekend, you know, including Larissa. Um, that was the vibe. So Larissa, man, thanks for coming on. And uh, how you been? I appreciate you guys having me. Um, I've been good. A lot has changed. I now moved to a boutique salon, two blocks, literally two streets down from my old salon. Mm -hmm. I wanted to move somewhere where I can lock up shop and go. I just travel so much. Well, I did for work. (laughs) Right. And so I just wanted something where I don't have to, you know, call when I'm traveling and make sure that everything's here and like everything's good. I can just literally lock up shop and not have to worry about it at all and just focus on where I'm at um, traveling wise. But I moved here last year of March, right when COVID hit. And so we were shut down for 10 months. And that was hard, but now we're back, finally open. We're 50% uh, occupancy, which is nice. And um, I'll take anything at this point. Like, I feel like we really took everything for granted when it comes to traveling or just people and um that human connection that human touch conversation and now i just feel like things are gonna be different but i feel like gratitude is like that word that always takes me back no matter how good or bad things are it could always be worse and things are definitely not as bad as you know it could be so larissa when you set up a boutique salon are you like in a suite situation no so i still have my own it's still like a salon like brick and mortar uh-huh. um i just i feel like i've outgrown a suite and even though they have a couple you can get like something that's a little bigger in a suite salon i just love having like my own brick and mortar um and so it has five stations and it's me and my uh, well now one two one co-artist i had two co-artists working here and i just love the fact that i can just be here do my thing and then walk up shop and not even have to worry about it is your name still on it? Is this is it yeah, Larissa Love? Larissa Love Salon, and it's literally two blocks down, same street on Ventura Boulevard. So it doesn't even feel like I moved for my clients. That's pretty awesome, you know. Because I know, like, go ahead, Tone. No, no, I was just saying that that's sweet, especially if it's only two blocks on the same street. Your clients don't have to feel like they're they have to travel to keep up with you. Yeah, and I just I just wanted to kind of you know I loved having a salon for three and a half years with the team and. Uh, it was a great experience, but it's just, it's, it's a lot. You give, give, give a lot. And it, 
I feel like, especially because I wasn't really a present owner as well, it just wasn't the best position for me to be in. And I really wanted to focus on traveling, education, and my clients. And I feel like that was great. I did it. But moving here was the best thing that I could possibly do for my sanity and also just for my career moving forward. It's amazing. Like, I, I certainly know, you know, watching in on on you guys, you know, you, you, uh, you the artists that travel as well as salon owners, I have no idea how you did it. I mean, like, or, or not do it or whatever. I just, it just seems like so, so much work. You know, I, I just don't, I don't, you know, there's a handful of you guys that are both salon owners as well as like, you know, week, weekend travelers. Cause I certainly know that, you know, as much as we're on the road, you guys are on the road uh, way more than we are. And I just, I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. I know, I know it's struggle for us and we just, we're just, in, we're just, you know, sweet, sweet owners, you know, we don't have a staff and stuff. So again, uh, uh, I, I think, I think it's pretty awesome. So, um, so again, if we kind of rewind back a few months, um, I saw you on the street protesting a little bit, uh, cause I know California was shut down. You said they were shut down for 10 months. Um, but, but it was worse than 10 months really, because it was like, oh, you can open. And then the next weekend they're like, nah, psych, you got to pull back out, you know? So emotionally it must've been rough too. I mean, emotionally, physically, everything, it was just so draining and exhausting because it's like, we get so excited. We're finally book up our clients again. And then, oh, two weeks later, we're shut down. And it was on and off for 10 months. And, you know, financially, it was terrible, too, because we did not get any financial relief. You know, at least I didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't get any, you know, uh, financial relief on not only just my rent, but all my bills, everything. I feel like if you make you shut down and not work, they should shut down all bills. It's just almost inhumane. You know, people are going broke. And the fact that 60% of salons in California have been shut down for good, that just breaks my heart for the industry. So yes, of course, I went and protested um, with a lot of my friends that work out here as well. And we just did what we possibly can, you know, even though it's not much, but a voice can really make a difference. And when there's multiple voices, then we can like shake mountains. We just got to do what we got to do. And Thankfully, we opened up finally, but it just took a good minute. Yeah, it sure did. Um, shameless plug right here. Uh, please join us on April 25th. Um, uh, Tony, Katie, and I, we're going to do a uh, uh, an on-air marathon, and we're going to be on Facebook Live as well as on Clubhouse. And we're trying to raise money for exactly that. So we're uh, we're raising money for the PBA COVID relief. Hopefully we can raise some money. We can you know offer a little bit of relief, uh, certainly to the California salons. Um, I know Schedulicity has been big, and they've been, uh, they've been trying to help out some of the, uh, some of their California uh, owners as well. I just, I'm blown away. I'm blown away all in all how how each state has kind of handled things a little bit differently. You know, it, it doesn't I, I don't I, I, I don't know enough to know enough, but it, 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 it was kind of weird to kind of watch it all roll out. And we all got you know to enough to be dangerous, out. to tell you that. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, you know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's definitely true. That's crazy, man. So uh, so also over the last couple of years, um, you, you got engaged, huh? I, yeah, I got engaged to the love of my life. Sebastian. We've been together uh, for almost three years. We actually got engaged 10 months of knowing each other. And I feel like when you know, you know, and the way our lives are, are so similar. He's just in the music industry and I'm in the beauty industry, but we both travel. We both do tours. We're both do stage work. You know, it's just very different, but very similar. And I feel like someone like someone to date me or someone to date someone like him has to be a particular person to understand our lifestyle. Right. And, um, and how'd you guys meet? Uh, we actually met 
on New Year's Eve four years ago. And he was with somebody and I was with somebody and it was just like, you know, hi, hi, but nothing, you know, more than that. And then we reconnected on a dating app called Raya, which is, I don't know if you've heard of it, but this app, it's for like artists all over the world. It's not just like someone in your town. It's kind of cool. Um, but I wasn't looking to meet someone, you know, serious. I just wanted to have fun. And especially a musician. I did not want to date a musician. I actually funny story he asked me out and he just wouldn't leave me alone and finally I was like fuck fine I will go on a date with you but I told my friend that week prior I was like you know what I'm just not gonna date for the rest of the week I mean for the rest of the year I'm gonna just focus on me and my thing and an hour before our date I was like you know what I'm gonna stick to what my word of what I told my friend and I canceled on him an hour prior and I don't think he's used to that especially being in his industry. And so um, he just wouldn't leave me alone. And I'm like, fine, I will go on one dinner date again with you later on, a few days later. And I'm like, a girl's got to eat, you know? So right. I, I really <laughs> like the restaurant he asked me to. Hey, Larissa, when you, broke, when, when you broke up, when you broke the date, what was your excuse? <laughs> I said that I had a Joico event that I had to go to, a work event, Joico. And um, I was totally Netflix and chilling at home. (laughs) Netflix and not chilling at home. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, when we met, I was not expecting how just humble he was, especially for, like, his industry and just so cool and um, so cute and tall. Um, And what really, like, got me was we both pulled out our phones on the date and we're like, oh, like, you travel, I travel, cool, let's look at our schedules. And we both had exactly aligned with our dates where we were going to be, yada, yada. And two months exactly from our date was we were both going to be on our own personal tours in Amsterdam that we were going to meet the same day in Amsterdam. No way. Talk about the universe aligning, right? Two months later, we met in Amsterdam. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, so insane. That's a, what's the name of his band? Uh, uh, Palais Royale. Oh, you got to spell that. I know it's. I'm like you couldn't pick the most difficult one. Um, <laughs> you you need to you need to give him some social media uh, advice. <laughs> it's a P A L A Y E R O Y A L L E. It's a place where their grandparents met in Canada. Oh well, at least it has a sweet meaning. Now I feel bad. Yeah. You know? Not no. that no one knows that they're like Palea Royale. I didn't know his name for like months and months. <laughs> that is hilarious. And, and and how's he doing? Because last week you posted that um that he had just had surgery. Is he doing okay? Yeah, he's fine. He had to have ser- hernia surgery, but right now would have been the perfect time for him to get surgery because he's not traveling anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he had to like cancel all of his shows and tours for this year. And last year, he had to come home during one of his mid uh, tours. Mm-hmm. But they're working on an album. They'll they'll survive. They're 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 fine. So they're not traveling at all in twenty twenty one. They're not traveling at all. I mean, they're on tier four, which is who knows when that's going to happen. Right. And Europe is shutting down again. So. Wow. That's, where does he live? Uh, we live in Studio City. Okay. Sweet, man. That's pretty awesome. I, I love, and you know, no BS. I love watching your post and, and watching, uh, you know, just you guys be in love. It's kind of cool. I, I think nice. or the true arm romantic. If you can get through quarantine, you can get through anything because this was the longest period of time that we were actually together as a couple. Because he was always traveling, or I was always traveling. Oh. It was always like honeymoon stage, you know. So there was definitely a lot of challenges, but I feel like 
if you can get through quarantine, you you guys are strong. <laughs> Well, listen, I mean, like I'm a big uh, proponent to uh, before you marry someone, you should live with them because that's just a different life altogether. You know, 100%. even if it's just like, uh, you know, what side of the uh, sink is your toothpaste going to be on or whatever, you know, just the simple stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That that is that is kooky. Um, So also, uh, uh, I kind of and the reason I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago um, or a couple of months ago now, actually, about about coming on the podcast is you did a post about um, not charging by the hour. And there's this big shift that's going on um, about people talking about uh, why they why they charge by the hour or or what the benefits are. Um, I know that um, Destroy the Hairdresser, they're really pushing charging by the hour and they have a bunch of ideas of of why, why, you know, it's positive for, for one's business. But but you're kind of on the opposite end of that. You're kind of the uh, the opposite of that. So, kind of, why'd you do the post, or or why was it important for you to do the post, and and, and what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm just the type of person that I say how I feel, when especially when it comes to something in the industry. Um, I want to give my opinion, and my opinion is not the wrong way or the right way. This is just the way I feel. Sure. And before I even talk about this, you know, I know a lot of artists that do charge by the hour, and I have nothing against it. If it works for you, great. But maybe my post can make you think and reevaluate if it's actually a good decision for you to charge by the hour. Um, so I think it's good to get both sides of the story. And this was mine. So and, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, no I was just going to say. So, so what? Where do you see the negatives to charging by the hour? Or you know, again, within your business, you know, why? Why are you so adamant on not charging by the hour? Or or why is it not working for your business? Well. Here's the thing. I am known, especially as an, a colorist, one of my things that I'm known for is creating strategic techniques that will simplify the technique, but will overall give the full transformation and half of the application time. Okay. I am not one of those artists that does in, insane amount of foils back to back and, you know, taking hours to foil, to do all that. Like I'm one of those artists that does, you know, a few uh, sections and does a few foils and it will give the overall transformation that the client wants you know especially I feel like the way that things are changing in artistry as a colorist is that we don't have to overcomplicate things we can simplify things and still get the technique that we want or I mean the result that we want for the client without having to do without having the, the client to be in the chair for hours so why would I be charging by the hour I'd be losing money because they're going to be in and out the door. Not, it's not like they're going to be in the salon for hours and hours and hours how they were back in the day. Also, you know, when you have co-artists or assistants with you, right, of course you're going to work more efficiently and more on a timely manner. You're going to be able to get them in and out the door much quicker, you know. And on top of that, you're paying the co-artist. So you're going to be actually losing money because you're getting them out efficiently more on a timely manner. Right. Um, also, I use Joico Colorline, and they just came out with these uh, toners called Quick Toners, which are five-minute toners. So instead of a twenty-minute toner, now it's a five-minute toner. Right. So now I'm again, if I'm charging by the hour, I will be losing money on that. Um, and I feel like the more experience you have as an artist, I've been doing hair for eleven years now. The more efficient and quicker you are going to be uh, behind the chair, the more confident you are going to be behind the chair. And so someone that's starting off with, you know, as a newly artist, obviously it's going to take more time. They're not going to be as confident. It's going to be much more longer service. 
So maybe it makes more sense for them to start off charging by the hour. But overall, for me, the way I charge, the way it's been working is I charge by, I start at this rate and go up to this rate, depending on your length, thickness, and, and uh, inspiration photo. And overall, I charge by my worth of an artist and go from there. And it's worked for me. I get you. So, so, so basically what you're saying and correct me if I'm wrong, but basically you're saying, listen, this is what, this is what a balayage is going to cost. If you have shoulder length hair, this is what a balayage is going to cost. If it's like, you know, I don't know, shoulder blade length hair or whatever. Um, so you're just, you're, you're basically charging by the service and what the service is as opposed to the hour. Would there be a way, I, I mean, even though you're quicker, would, would there be a way to do it by the hour and just kind of average it out? Well, Here's the thing. Also, it just depends on the prices that you charge. You know, I feel like as my brand is has evolved, my rates have gone up, right? Sure. So my rates, even if they were by the hour, they'd be much more higher than someone that's starting off, you know, as an artist. So it still wouldn't really necessarily make sense because I feel like I create such a strong brand that I my brand is worth more than just, you know, 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> yeah and that is not being like you know that's me trying to be as humble as possible just being honest and i i feel like me charging by the hour wouldn't make sense even if i was charging 50 dollars an hour right if i go gloss them that's going to take 20 minutes and then a haircut's going to take an hour so that's going to be an hour and a half that's what 75 dollars in my pocket that right. doesn't make any sense when i charge 120 dollars for a haircut and 80 dollars for a gloss Right. You know, um, so and then also I feel like when you are charging by the hour, for example, what if your client's like, you know what, you don't need to blow dry me or style, it's fine because they know that you're charging by the hour. But also as an artist, I want to make sure that I get that overall look or that photo of the hair, the transformation that I did. So when I feel like when I'm charging by, this is what it is. And also when I do add-ons, for example, like I'm giving you complimentary treatment or complimentary blow dry and style, it makes them feel more um, special. The fact that like I'm giving these extra things instead of being like, they're knowing like, oh, well, I'm being charged by the hour. So, you know, it doesn't really matter because it's just part of the service. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, and, and, and you know, you're, you're kind of saying that, you know, you're upping the service by, by being able to uh, offer more um, um, for that, f- for those, those charges. So when you figure out like your, like, again, I just want to kind of use balayage as, as the example, just cause I think it's easier to talk that way. So when you have like a balayage charge, you know, let's say it's, let's say it's 200 bucks to get a balayage and within that 200 bucks, there's a blow dry included. There's the toner that's included. There's, there's any other service. So that's just the base service or that's just the service, uh, cost of it. So you're not, you're not adding on like, Oh, well, we need a gloss. Here's another 20 bucks or, 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 oh, the blow dry is going to be another 60 bucks or anything like that. So it's just like an all-encompassing price. Yeah, I also feel like it relaxes the client knowing that we're not taking a long time on them and they know that we're, uh, we're charging by the hour because, you know, we're maybe we're going extra slower or they're going to be toning in the bowl or getting a treatment a little bit longer and they, they almost feel like, well, why are they doing this for so long? Um, is it because they want to get paid more? Right. where they, they just give them overall price. I feel like it relaxes them because one, they know exactly what they're, what they're going to be charged by at the end of the day. And two, they don't have to think like that there's any incentive behind it for taking extra time on their hair, you know? 
Um, I feel like charging by just an overall transformation has worked the best for me because my techniques are so much more efficient, so much more quicker that it wouldn't make sense to just charge, you know, hourly. I would be losing so much money. You know? I got it. I got and it. I feel like the way my techniques are, when the way I fold foils and everything, they're just so much more efficient. I take, I literally take out half of the application time. And so I would definitely be losing money on that. Yeah. Cause it seems a little bit more scary. If, like, for instance, say, all right, I'm Larissa. I charge $250 for this particular application. And, you know, people are like, okay, you're Larissa. That's to me, that's worth it. I'm going to get it. Versus when you say, okay, I charge $250 an hour. Uh, you know, then I, that sounds like a little bit more of a bigger pill to swallow versus, you know what I mean? An actual, you know, particular look or this application. So I, a lot of it has to do with, you know, how you, you're right. Cause if you say, you know, I charge 250 bucks an hour, I mean, that, that's, that can be a giant pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. No And, you know, I feel like it gets so complicated when, and I know artists do this and I have nothing against it, but it gets so complicated, at least for me, where I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm charging them by the bowl, you know, so for a toner, it's going to be an extra $20 for another, whatever. It's, it's, it's just so many charge up that like, it even complicates it to the client when you're explaining what you're even charging for, you know, and some clients like to hear that, but I feel like my clientele, the way I've been working for 11 years now, they understand and know that like, this is the, this is what your overall price is going to be. And they, I've never had anyone ask me to break things down because I'm not the type of artist. And I right. feel like it's overcomplicated for me, unnecessary complications, and then for them. And then what if something goes wrong and I have to tell them one more time? Wait, so am I going to be charging them for that extra bowl? That was my mistake. Right. You know, it just gets so complicated when it's just we're breaking everything down for unnecessary reasons. I um, and I never know how to. We're, I guess the conversation is moving on, but I've never, I've never known how to like charge for like vivid color either because vivid color is so expensive to apply you know like like you know like a, a tube of color you know you might be using like a dollar or two dollars worth of product but with vivid color like you seriously can easily use 40 or 50 dollars um uh, especially if they have thicker hair you can use 40 or 50 dollars of your cost of, of color to of, of of color so you you kind of never know or i never know kind of how to break that down and you know what 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 even makes sense, you know? Well, and that's why it's so important to know your costs and how much you're going to be using. And I, for me, the way I always start off my um, consultations is by text. I ask them to send me a photo of their hair and their inspiration and good natural lighting and just a little bit of history of their hair. So I understand and kind of get an overall feel of how long it's going to take, how much product I'm going to need. And then I say, well, Based on this and this, I'm gonna your charge your rate is gonna be around this price. And if there's gonna be an intensity, I'm gonna up that price up because I know I'm gonna have to use more product on top of that. But I don't break it down for them. I just up my price. Got it. Got it. Do you have you been doing? Um, I've seen I've seen a lot of people trending on certainly during COVID. I'm um, doing like either FaceTime or or Messenger um, kind of uh, consultations as well. No, I don't, I don't have time for that. <laughs> this is so extra work. Uh, I prefer photos. It's just much more quicker. And then I always tell them this is going to be your overall range of a rate. It's not exactly the rate. Right. And then we have another thorough consultation when they come in to get their hair done before um, we actually start coloring them. And then that's when I can 
I'll break it down to them and let them know exactly what their price is going to be. That's pretty awesome. You you mentioned earlier that you have some um, some help with like assistance and stuff. What so like when you have a client in your chair, how how uh, how how involved? I think there's three different types of assistance, right? There, there's the there's the assistance that kind of that I grew up in, and it's like you know you folded a lot of towels, you swept a lot of floors, you shampooed a lot of hair, you know. And then you have the assistant that you know they kind of go hand on hand, hand in hand with the actual artist that's working, and you you know you're doing more and you're learning more. When 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 you have an assistant, how hands on are they? Um, you know what? I feel like that first type of assistant that you were talking about is long gone. That should should that shouldn't even be a type of assistant. I, I think even back then, because they're not learning anything. They're literally just uh, like cleanuppers, maids in the salon. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously assistants should be helping clean and making sure that we have towels and all of that. That it's definitely like a very big important um, duty of theirs in, in the salon, but also. I feel like when you have assistance, you instantly become a mentor and mentoring means you need to teach them your ways, your techniques, everything, and raise them into being their own artist, if not even greater than you, you know, and I feel like if you think that your assistant is going to stay assistance forever, then you should be having assistance or let them know this is what your job position is. And I'm not trying to see you grow. I want you to grow. But I think the minute you have an assistant, the minute you are a mentor, and my assistants are very hands-on, and I like to call them co-artists, because I feel like assistant kind of de-levels who they are and makes them feel like they're below you, where they really are your co-artists, they're licensed, you know? Um, They've already been working on hair, even if it's been beauty school, so... And also when you say co-artist, like let them, your client know, oh, this is my co-artist. It makes your client feel more at ease instead of like, this is my assistant. A lot of people don't like them. They're like, oh, I don't want her touching my hair. She has, she has no idea what she's doing. Because clients also are not educated. They don't know if they're licensed or anything like that. So it's up to us to make our, not only our assistants feel like they're on our level, but also our stylists, I mean, our clients feel like they're on our level, if that makes any sense. And my co-artists are very hands-on. I right away I um, make them start um, preparing all the bowls all the color all the formulas Um, and reason being is because I want them to get comfortable with mixing and getting in in the rhythm of you know doing all of that so when they start taking in models or clients it's not like oh my god where's what am I doing it's just such a natural habit that becomes already one for them Um, and then I train them to do all my toning, um, my blow drying, my styling. I'm hands-on. I'm a very hands-on artist. But if I'm, you know, if I have multiple clients in the salon, then they're they're working on one of my clients, and I don't have to even like. Feel, I I feel I don't have to feel that I'm not at unease at all because I know that they're comfortable. They know what they're doing, and they've been trained under me. And same with the client. They I've never had a client um, feel that they're uneasy with a co-artist because I make my co-artist feel like she's on the same level as who I am as an artist as well. So when you train someone like straight out of hair school and stuff, do you have like a curriculum in place or like, like, do you go, okay, you know, this is like a, yeah, I've had this, that this co-artist for a month or so, you know, now we're going to start really getting into blow drying or learning how to blow dry. And then do you do like classes or after hour classes or, or how are you Absolutely. actually doing Yes. So, and this is all like, you know, me figuring out as I go you know I like I've had 
co-artist for seven, eight years now, and I didn't know what I was doing. None of us, we're still trying to figure out life, you know? Um, and <laughs> that's, the big, that's the biggest secret to life, by the it way. It really is. We never know what we're doing. We're just trying to figure out as we all go. And um, the past three, four years, what I have been doing is, and I try, I feel like life is, just gets ahead of us and we're like, oh my God, another month has passed. After three months or so, when they start seeing like my techniques and kind of like seeing the rhythm of how, like how I do and kind of are learning um, in the salon, then they take a model once a month and they start with my lowest technique, my easiest technique. Um, and then I, I, and I like to sit back. I watch them based on a few things that I write down in their consultation, um, uh, their formulation, the technique, their their pace, all of that, and the overall result, and also the overall experience of how they're treating the client. And then they start off with the slowest technique, and I feel like they've passed that technique. Then next month, they'll start on the another more difficult technique, another more difficult technique, and so on, until I feel like that they're, they have passed to be on the floor. Um, and actually right here, which is, this is not even like a, just so random. I'm, this is one of my books that I'm creating called The Creator. Ooh, love it. Uh, I've been working on it since COVID. I just haven't finished it. But basically, um, basically, it's just like my techniques drawn out, written out. Um, and this is what they go by. So they're gonna they're using like my lowest technique from here and then move towards their hardest technique. And this is actually a book that I'm going to be selling. Um, I'm going to have like eight of my favorite techniques on there. And then there's going to be open pages um, for the client, for the artist to draw out their own techniques and get inspired and move on forward like that. But I haven't put it out yet. I haven't finished it, but it's in the works to finish the end of it. That's absolutely genius, man. I love that idea. That I just, yeah, I just want them to like, you know, look at my techniques and kind of like feel it out. Uh, try it out on their clients or doll heads, whatever the artist, and then be like, you know, what? I'm inspired. Let me draw out my own technique and see what I can do, and then do it on the client. And just, you know, I just want to here to inspire and elevate the industry. And I feel like the more we elevate the industry, the more we're doing good for the world. Larissa, you're known as a colorist. Are you also? Um, are you are you teaching haircutting techniques as well? I am actually. I had a conversation with my co-artist yesterday where. I, I told her, you know, your next model, I want you to do two haircuts instead of a color because a haircut is very important. For in my salon, I do both color and haircut. I, I, I I'm a very like hands-on uh, artist, so I love to do everything at once. And um, a haircut is very important. It's also quick, easy money versus a color as well. But I feel like if you don't do a haircut, it's it's halfway done the full transformation. And, um, and so, yeah, I actually talked to my co-artists. I'm like, your next models are going to be two haircuts because I'm also starting to give her haircut clients because she's been with me for a year now. And I want to make sure she does great work, but I want to really make sure that she knows exactly what she's doing when it comes to the haircuts and making sure that it's, it comes all together perfectly with the color. So how long do they normally stay with you as far as, as a, as a co-artist? I mean, by the time uh, they get, you know, their skills all set up as far as coloring and cutting, and then they're ready for the floor, what's the average? Or do it you really have? depends on the artist. Uh, it depends on how quick they learn, how quick they are with their techniques and uh, their, their pace and um, education. So anywhere from a year to two years. It just, it really depends on them. And I don't give them a time limit or like, this is how long you have to stay with me. If I feel like you're ready, then 
I'm going to let you spread your wings and fly. But if you feel like you need more time with me, I'm not going to throw you, you know, um, behind the chair and, and make you feel like you don't know what you're doing. And yeah, so it just depends on the artist. So Larissa, I, we talked a couple of years ago and correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I'm not, I don't, I, I think it was you. And I think I remember you saying this. Um, when you travel, do you take some of your co-artists with you? Yes. That's actually the very fun part of uh, my job is that I get to travel and very fun part of their job, which is so unique because a lot of co-artists just they're in the salon only. And it's, you know, very nine, nine to five or whatever in the salon and they leave with them they actually get to travel the world and see the world with me and get to experience that side of the the beauty industry of going to hair shows meeting all these amazing artists so it's a very unique special um opportunity to work in the with me tony if i was her uh co-artist i would never want to go on the floor because uh, <laughs> i keep traveling with her and, and and hanging out especially when she goes to europe with sebastian or something <laughs> Yeah, my last co-artist, she never even left the country until she met me. And a month later, she was traveling all over Europe with me and Canada and all these places. So it was a really cool opportunity for her. That is pretty awesome. That is pretty, pretty cool. Larissa, um, you know, there's certainly some buzz around the industry and stuff. Um, I certainly know that I've had a couple conversations with salon owners and are you feeling the effects of, you know, people that, you know, your co-artists that leave you either for like a sweet thing or, or, and, and, and I'm be, I'm, I'm bewildered to think that, you know, you're going to find another situation where you can travel the world with, with one of the, with one of the best artists in the game. Like I'm bewildered that you'd even want to leave that. But, but certainly I know that I, again, we've had, we've had conversations with salon owners who, you know, spend all this uh, effort to, uh, to train and, and then, uh, and then they leave for either a suite or something else. Have you, have you experienced that as well? Here's the deal. Uh, a co-artist or an assistant leaving or going somewhere and trying out new things is inevitable. And that is normal to, you know, experience different situations. I've done it before. I've done the suite life. I've done the salon life. I've done this, you know, um, my own salon, my now my own boutique. Like I've experienced many different versions of this industry and I don't see anything wrong with the co-artist leaving and experiencing for themselves. What I see wrong is when there's no conversation about it and they, it, it feels deceitful where it's like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, behind the chair with you forever, blah, blah, blah. I really want to work in the salon next to you. And so you give, 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 maybe even extra because you really want to see them grow and elevate, but also there's going to be amazing the fact that they're going to be working next to you. So you maybe go a little above and beyond than what you're supposed to, or that you should, um, or that you would. And then when it's like that time for them to go, then they're like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to peace out. That is not okay. There has to be a conversation about it from the beginning and, you know, an, an open conversation and honesty for me, I respect so much more than deceitful and lies. And you know, I, it definitely has happened to me and it's, it's happened to a lot of big, big artists, salon owners out there that I have talked to as well. And it happens to everyone. I just don't feel like a lot of people talk about it and it hurts every time. It's not like it gets any better because you just give so much mentoring. You want to see them grow. You want to elevate them. And of course you want them to work by your side. And especially when you, that conversation is, always talk that they're going to work by your side 
And then when it completely just changes without that conversation ever happening, that's when you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? So for me, what I respect is someone coming to me and telling me like, listen, I love working for you. I think it's an amazing opportunity. I definitely want to learn and grow from you, but maybe, you know, in the future, I will want to go work somewhere else or try out working at a suite. And that is fine with me, obviously still sad, but I have so much more respect and so much more I would want to give and help them even grow towards whatever they would decide to do you know um so yeah it's happened to me a lot of times and i know it's happened to a lot of other artists and what can we do we can't but the only thing that i ask from micro artists is just having that open conversation that honesty from the very beginning so do you set that conversation up in the beginning when you bring them on and say hey look you know uh to me it's very important that we have open communication do you set this whole platform up uh prior to absolutely when i hire them I have a full-on conversation with them and I ask them, what is your long-term goal and your short-term goals? You know, and I would say four out of five, it's always, oh my God, I want to be next to you, work next to you, blah, 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 you know? And I feel like maybe they just don't know what to say because they're scared because they think that like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get fired or you're not going to put as much energy into me, blah, blah, blah. And maybe if anything, this is a learning experience for us mentors is to let them know that it's okay to have that conversation and to let them know that it's okay that they can go and that we're not going to fire them and you know not try to train them as best that we could so I think that's one thing that I could change because I haven't done that but also it's because they're always like oh yeah I'm going to work next to you so I've never even thought about that until really now just talking to you guys about that do um, you said like when you first meet them, you have that conversation about short term and long term goals. Do you continue that conversation? Because you know maybe a year and down the road, maybe six months down the road, you know maybe their heart or their desires have changed a little bit. Absolutely, and of course everyone's mind changes. But I have monthly reviews with everyone, and always, and it's always like a repetitive thing. I always say, I want you to always be honest with me, and because I will always be honest with you. I want you to also give me reviews. You know, if I could do something better, if I can make the salon environment better, if like, why are you wanting to go somewhere else? You know, like, let's have that conversation. But I'm always telling them, like, I want you to be honest with me and I'm going to be honest with you. And not only me give you a review, but you give me your review. I think it should go both ways. When you've sat, when you've sat in these meetings, these open meetings, what, what advice have they given you as a salon owner? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, I actually had this conversation with my co-artist yesterday. Um, and, and, and I told him like, it's me and you right now in the salon before I hire, cause I'm hiring another co-artist actually starting tomorrow. I'm going to be doing, um, interviews. I'm like, it's me and you right now. And I want to make sure that you are having the best experience and working in the best environment in the salon. And I also want to make sure that I'm feeling the same way. What can I do? Because I feel like it's always like, well, you're doing this wrong or you're doing this right. Like, what about me? What about the salon owner? And I thought she was going to give me more review than expected, but it was just more like, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of work. Like, can we hire another assistant? And I'm like, yes. And we're working on that, you know, and it's just like, everything can be solved. There's always, you know, 
they could always, there's always a problem or there's always, and there's always a solution to it. So everything could be solved. It's just talking about it instead of just keeping it in and then following that up and then leaving. Yeah. You know? um, but there wasn't much more of you than just, you know, I feel like there's a lot of work, especially cause it's me and it's, you know, the whole salon now. And it's like, well, we can fix that. Gonna hire another a stylist. I'm. I have a cleaning lady that comes through now. Like it's just like those little things that could always be fixed with a conversation. Right. What? What? I mean, you've been managing people now. I think you said you've had your salon for you know X amount of years. But you know, through through the whole managing people thing, what have you learned? I mean, you know, you've had assistants, you've had other, uh, other, you know, stylists working next to you. Um, and you know, you've been in a position to manage people. What have been some of your learns in, in, in your, in your journey? Um, that salon ownership is not easy. Um, <laughs> That's managing, not fair. People, managing people is not easy. I feel like a lot of people's dreams are when they get out of beauty school, their overall long-term goal is to open up a salon. And, I think once people get to that, that goal, they're in for a big rude awakening. It's not all fun and games. It's not all this money that you're expecting to make. It's a lot of give, give, give for a little in return. You have to really love uh, mentoring and, um, and just really trying to elevate the people around you and inspire them because if you're in it for your own personal, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. then you're not in the right industry because it's a lot of give for a little return, but it is still rewarding to see people, even like my co-artists that have gone and left and are succeeding in their own. It's still rewarding to see that. And it's, it's amazing, but it's a lot of give and a lot of just like stress and anxiety and money. Oh my God. I had no idea how much it was to own a salon until I owned a salon. Um, you have so, every salon owner in the country right now nodding their head going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And so I just, I feel like it's a lot, a lot of give, give, give for not little return. But if you love mentoring and you love to see people grow, then this is the industry for you to be in. But if you're in it for your own selfish reasons, then get out now. Well, I, I, for those people that are just listening, um, when Larissa talked about uh, like watching her her co artist move on, like there was there was like Mama Bear pride in her face. Like you saw her light up a little bit when she said that. So that's very cool. Well, well, Larissa, um, you certainly inspire us, and, and I want to thank you for uh, for spending a couple minutes with us and kind of telling us what you've been up to for the last couple years. And and we just really appreciate you, not just for the podcast, but you know just to be a positive uh, voice in the industry. We appreciate that. And 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 again, I'm not lying. I love. I love following your, your love story and I love following your hair journey um, on the IG and, uh, and, 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 and everybody that's listening to this, make sure that you DM Larissa and tell her to do a clubhouse with us because we've been trying to get her on clubhouse. I, will, I promise I will. I I'm a hundred percent down for it. I just can't cause I have a very long day at work today. Oh, I get it, man. Everyone heard me on this podcast. I promise I will do it very, very soon with you guys. I actually haven't done it yet. So you get, I'll be the first one to do it with you guys. There you go. There you go. So uh, we'll bring her on and then, you know, we'll, we'll do a whole Q&A because, you know, that, th those are the most fun. And that's how I think personally, I think that that's why Clubhouse is really cool because you actually get to communicate uh, with the with the artists that you get to watch their love life on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I love to talk and I can talk for a very long time. So I'm here for it, guys. Thank you guys awesome. so much for having me. This is so much fun. I can't wait to personally hug you both oh. for now. And 
a good air hug will do. Yeah. Air yeah. hug. It's actually funny because that's what Tony and I talk about the most. You know, more than anything else, uh, we just miss kind of like even 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 hugging your clients. You know, now like you kind of look at your clients with like one of those like uh, Dracula crosses, like stay away. You yeah. know? You I literally have a sign in my salon saying, "We love you, but we can't hug you." Oh, yeah. I love that. I need that in my I need that in my space, man. That's awesome. I actually got on behind the chair, so you guys can print out all those. There you go. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Mary. Miss Larissa Love, once again. A humble thank you, and thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs> 